You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You like that? You like that? Yeah. Boy, KOC and Quasi took to the to the podium, took to the stage yesterday to answer some, actually some legitimately good, tough questions from the assembled local media. We've got some, we got some good folks covering the Vikings. And kind of know they've uh, Kevin Seifert's been sniffing around football beats and covering football for like 25 years. Now his first rodeo. Nuh-uh. No, and Chip Scoggins. Scoggins. Yeah, it's weird. It's like the opposite of Jamie Moyer. You know, like Jamie Moyer was still throwing fastballs, but like Chip and Kevin, like their fastballs still at 95, whether it was 20 years yeah. ago or no. today. It's a, probably a faster fastball faster now than it fastball. was Nolan Ryan. early in their career. Yeah, Nolan yeah. Ryan. Nolan Ryan. Just Icy the heat hot. just keeps coming. Crazy. <laughs> I you hi, I'm Nolan Ryan, and I use I say hi. <laughs> so we're going to dive into just some different interesting things or some things that are worth expanding on in the Quasi and KOC press conference. Judd has a random Viking of the week for us queued up today. We may mock as well. Some good mocks out there now that the college football season's over, NFL season's over. Uh, but let's shout out our friends at Quick Trip here, helping us. Speaking of throwing their fastball, oh, I mean, yeah. Quick Trip is as good as it's ever been. For those of you uh, road tripping around, driving around the yep. Twin Cities, upper Midwest, yep. love ourselves some Quick Trip around here. In fact, Sportsnet has some advice. If you are low on gas, and by the way, the winter weather is setting in right now, okay? Mm-hmm. It's going to get bitter cold. Ooh. We're getting some snow now. If you are uh, d- driving around town and you know, it's near an E. And by the way, that's not a good idea. I'm not a big fan of that. And you see this truck. I do that all the time. Yeah, you are do the that. worst. Don't do that. I took, Fall- I took it down Don't- to six cruising Dude, miles. Idiot- this God, way. why would you do that? That's idiotic. Why? My panic sets in. I don't, I don't go like, on the freeway when I'm doing that. I mean, my, I'm always like within a couple no, blocks of a gas station. My, my, my panic sets in at about 30 to 20 miles. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. I'm at 20 miles. I got to get to a gas station. Oh, God. Quarter of a tank? I'm filling up. <laughs> You're a and, coward, and, Judd. Come on. Yeah, run well, that you thing know what? more. So if you see this truck, <laughs> long story short, if you see this truck, follow it. Because guess what? You are going to be following a truck that is filled with quality gas and a, and a quality gas guarantee uh, from our friends at Quick Trip right there. But they back every drop of gasoline with that quality gasoline guarantee. Get to your destination without worrying about what's in your tank. Again, when it's below zero, incredibly important to have that peace of mind. It's just another way that Quick Trip provides um, great customer service. And when you're there, you know what you can do. You can pick up breakfast, lunch, dinner, a snack, a great cup of Karuba coffee. So, again, this truck means you are following quality. Make sure that you follow it to Quick Trip. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jordan Reed from ESPN.com has a new mock out. So we will get to that later on in the show. But let's start here. Okay, so Quasey was asked about the competitive rebuild, quote-unquote, that he sort of coined before his first season as Vikings GM. So the question was, hey, where are you guys at with that whole competitive rebuild thing? And I'll read you some of the comments that he said. 
I think when you look at that, the point of this competitive rebuild was to still provide ourselves a chance in the tournament every year. The okay. tournament, dude. Football you know what? You could tell he's been around the league for a while now because we all call it the tournament. No, we don't. You call it the I tournament. Love the tournament. You were the first the person I've ever heard call it the tournament really? about a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'd never. Oh, heard when that you're before. in, you're in. When you know, you yeah. know. It's the tournament. It's not. It's the playoffs. I don't know why he's saying tournament, but that's fine. Yeah, people in the league do oddly say tournament. Big fan. Big fan of Zolgans. So uh, he said, our goal was to provide ourselves a chance in the tournament every year while regaining financial flexibility, finding that next generation of great Vikings players, incorporating our systems that we value so much. And I think when you look back at it. I think we've done a lot of positives. I think we've regained some of our financial flexibility. We've com- uh, we've competed to be in the tournament last year as division champions. This year, through adversity, we had meaningful games late. It's true. I guess it's true. They they would they might have been in the tournament if Kirk hadn't gotten hurt. Not, people are people are taking it a little too far. Like they would have won MVP. eleven games. They MVP. would never would have lost MVP. Uh, So right now, in the competitive rebuild, we want to get to a place where there is no rebuild. It's just competitive in a window. And I think we're close to that. It's going to take a big offseason. Do you think they're close to eliminating the rebuild part of of this competitive rebuild? Um, I think that very much depends on what they do. I think that very much depends. Like... So if it's just competitive and, and you, so let's start with, we have, uh, and they have taken steps. I'll give them credit for this to clean up what was a, a very um, sideways financial salary cap situation when Quasi arrived here. But, you know, if you bring Kirk back, like, are you saying that's a new signing or is that just uh, almost status quo? And now he's going to make a lot. And so now you have less cap space to deal with. I think the answer to the question or the answer depends on this. What do you do? Like when you say we need to have a big off season, what does that mean? And what do you do? Because at this point in time, I think they could very well put themselves right back into the, I don't want to call it rebuild such a nasty word because it implies you're going to be bad for a long time. And it implies you're bad retool, right? It's a retool and you're always (sighs) retooling to a certain extent. But am I but am I buying what he's selling completely with that quote? No. Here, here's where I'm at with this. I, I want to know what does Quasi and the organization believe the word competitive means? Because when I when you think competitive rebuild, we want to get rid of the rebuild and just be competitive and be competitive in a window. Competitive for what? Just winning your division. Because I don't believe that it's get in the tournament and anything can happen. There have been times in NFL history, the last 25 years, where a team that nobody really thought had a chance. There's I, people always bring up a couple, a couple of those giants teams or like maybe that Joe Flacco Ravens team in 2012. Like, yeah, there are some examples of, Oh, okay. This team, people weren't really looking at that team as a Super Bowl contender, maybe in November or December, but they got in and they got hot at the right time. So I guess, I guess, okay. Winning your division and just getting in every year could give you that chance. But that's literally what the Vikings have been doing for almost 60 years. And actually, I'm going to take the 70s out because they actually were Super Bowl contenders in the 70s. Yeah. They were going to Super Bowls, right? Basically, from like 1978 all the way through 2023, with the exception of four or five years where they were one of the best teams in the NFL, 98, 2009. They've largely been competitive, meaning eight, nine, well, 10 wins. 
But there's still a gap between 8, 9, 10 wins. Hey, we're in. Let's see what can happen. And the 49ers and Ravens this season, for instance. Just cut it down to with uh, since the Wolves bought the team in 2005. Like, this is who they are. Like, like if you just want to, you know, say, okay, this team has been run a certain way. And by the way, it's not terrible. I mean, they're a very respectable franchise. But, like, if you just want to look at from the day that the Wolves bought the team from Red, and Red had some success, but make no mistake, he was a cheap ass. Yeah. Um, the Wolves are not. So if you want to look at the structure and the culture that's been built there, this is who, to your point, Phil, this is exactly who they are which is we want to be competitive. Um, but I feel like we haven't heard the word Super Bowl for a long time. You know, I agree. I we agree. want to win, you know, forget competitive and forget we want to rule the North. How about this? We're building a team that can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, ask yourself this, okay, with, with the Vikings. To, to win a Super Bowl, you, you let me back up. You can win a division and you can get a wild card spot without being elite at any given thing. Right. You can and the Vikings have shown that year in and year out that you can be pretty good on offense with a non train wreck defense and a pretty good quarterback and go win nine games and get in and then we'll see what happens. Right. Mm -hmm. But what aspect of the Vikings, if I said from pass rush to pass defense to rushing defense to uh, overall offense to the quarterback so even if you want to just put Kevin O'Connell as a head coach, like, is there an aspect of the Vikings that you would say, oh, yeah, you can hang your hat on that. That is that is the elite thing that they do. Because it's hard to find – you can even point to those Giants teams and say, well, what about the 07 Giants? Well, they, they had one of the best pass rushes. That was one of the most ferocious pass rushing defenses in the NFL. They terrorized opposing quarterbacks, especially the second half of that season. They made Tom Brady's life miserable. You know, these Chiefs teams that have popped up this year is is not the case, but those are some of the best offenses we've ever seen in the NFL. That 98 team, maybe they would have gone on to lose to the Broncos in the Super Bowl, but that 98 team could say, we have an elite offense. This is the best offense in the NFL. Not like the eighth best offense, right. which is sometimes where we set the bar. We like we do this all the time. We lower the bar with this franchise and say, well, they're, it's a top 10 quarterback. It's a top 10. It's a top 10 offense. That's great. There's only 32 teams. If you want to win a Super Bowl, it's not good enough to just be like the ninth best offense with the 12th best defense and then see what happens in the playoffs. Because guess what happens in the playoffs? You run into the second best offense paired up with the fifth best defense and mm -hmm. you're playing on the road in San Francisco or somewhere else, right? So that's what. what is the thing with this team right now going into next year that you can hang your hat on and say, because of this being elite, this team should be a serious contender to go deep in the playoffs. And I think they think I think they think the answer is their offense, but clearly it wasn't. And it Justin hasn't Jefferson been yet. It's been is good. elite, but their passing game wasn't necessarily. And so, yeah, that's the pro. The problem is it feels like they are always or or what they've fallen into is trying to be competitive because that might make them pop. Um, and okay, in two thousand. 17 you damn near popped but that defense was unbelievable mm -hmm. so yeah i i think that there is a feeling that we just need to be good enough to make the tournament and then we might make a run but do the viking scare teams i mean a 13 win vikings team got mocked yeah you know fluke lucky 
you're not that good. And then, and then the worst part was we defended them and they went and lost their first playoff game at home. So yeah, yeah, that's where I think that there is no, no matter what crazy says, I think that there is a mandate that we want to always be competitive. And I think that that basically um, takes away from looking at the bigger picture and saying, we don't want to be competitive. We want to be competitive for a Super Bowl. How do we get there? I don't know yeah. that this team has examined that. Remember when they fired Zim and Spielman, and I think both Mark and Ziggy kind of held press conferences or like live streams on Vikings.com like right after that, and they had some you know big quotes. I, even, I found this one. This was January 10th, 2022. So this is like on the eve or the day after, I should say, of uh, when, the, when the Vikings fired Spielman and Zimmer. And Ziggy and Mark Wilf said, it's time for new leadership to elevate our team so we can consistently contend for championships. Like, Matt, we, I think we all, and we all made a big deal about that because that was actually like, they usually love to say, you know, we want to be competitive. We want to get in the tournament and see what happens. But they went out that with that big mandate that said, after firing the safe bet that was Zimmer and Spielman, no, no, we want to contend for championships. We haven't been to a Super Bowl in 45 years. We're one of the best franchises yeah. without one. Um, so it is interesting that, you know, they went in this competitive rebuild. They said they weren't going to rebuild. And here's Kwesi throwing out these other terms. It's just, it is an interesting kind of 30,000 foot view after two years now with the new regime. And so what, what I would say is, okay, like if we all agree, because Judd, you kind of called out, well, passing game is what they would say is the elite thing. And ideally you'd like to be elite in a couple different things to really solidify yourself as a Super Bowl contender. But let's start with one thing. If there's one thing you can push to the next level and say, wow, because the Vikings are the best or the second best at this particular thing, that's going to be the thing that carries them. So if you go back to 2022, KOC's first year with Kirk Cousins, a full season, this year was, we'll get to this year too, but yep. you know the Vikings had, in terms of yards per passing attempt, they were 10th, so they were top 10 in that category. If you want to go total passing yards, which is kind of deceiving because there's a lot of factors in that, uh, they were fifth in total passing yards. That's great. Passer rating, the Vikings were 12th in the NFL in that metric. Uh, QBR, they were like inside the top 10. And then let's look at uh, uh, average net yards per attempt, which includes sacks taken. So you get punished for sacks. They were 12th. So they were really good in the passing game in 2022. They were like anywhere between 5th and 12th in any different measurement. Well, guess who was number one across the board in most of these categories? The Chiefs. Guess who was number two in a lot of these categories? The 49ers. So again, we as fans, sometimes even I think as organizations, we think being top 10 in something, even at like 8th, ninth, or 10th, is, whoo, hang a banner. This is great. What are you talking about? They got a top 10 offense. And a, okay, okay, again, there's, it's not like if you told me in college football, okay, there's 140 Division I teams, there's 65 or 70 Power 5 teams, double the amount of NFL teams, and you have a top 5 offense. Okay, that means something. Now you're Georgia, you're Alabama. If you're the 10th best passing game in the NFL, I don't really, like, that's great. Like, that probably helps you get to nine wins and maybe beat the Giants, maybe not at home in a playoff game. Uh, this year, they kind of held steady in a lot of those rankings, despite having backup quarterbacks in the second half of the year. So I agree with you. I think the passing game is the thing that Kevin O'Connell is the best at. You know, as long as Kirk Cousins is the starting quarterback, he's an accurate thrower. He's going to complete a lot of his passes. You got Justin Jefferson. So how can they lean into the passing game in the next three to five years and make it the number one or number two passing attack in the league. 
That's my biggest question. Is it upgrading the offensive line? Is it getting a more dynamic quarterback? Is it making sure you keep Hawkinson with Jefferson and Jordan Addison together? And, you know, how can they go from being like sixth to eighth to 10th best passing attack to being the passing attack in the NFL? This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. And what they have to be concerned with is, like, th- th- this is all about internally what do they think and what's the, the mandate, and th- the reality is this. I mean, is Kirk Cousins the guy to get, to get you there? He's safe. He's incredibly safe. He's a good player. But is he the guy who's going to get you into that elite territory? And and I think there's also a question that they will, of course, say, oh, yes, to, but I don't know that it's true, is what is your desire to be elite? Because to be up there with those top teams, you have to take some chances. You can't just continue to run things back. You have to take chances. You can't count on luck. You know, you can't say, well, two th- look at what we did in 2022. It's like, okay, but... Then in 2023, you can't complain because you didn't get that that luck and it came crashing down. And you also can't say, well, you know, once we saw Mullins and once we saw Dobbs and once we saw Jaron Hall, we need Kirk back because, you know, Kirk is stable. Well, yes, but those were three backup quarterbacks who you now have, you don't have to decide on how they look. You have to decide on where your franchise is at. And that's where it takes people with foresight and and a lot of intestinal fortitude to not worry about the fans to not, you know, if the fans want to hang a banner for being ninth and passing, go ahead, hang the damn thing. I don't care. But the, the reality is what's going on inside your building. What are you talking about? What are you doing? Yeah. I didn't love O'Connell's response to, to trying to improve the run game. I thought it was very much. I mean, I think he loves to pass the ball and I don't think it, it's the, it's the bizarro Zimmer. It's the exact opposite of Mike. You know, it's yeah. like, Mike, you have to pass the ball sometimes. Ah, I like to run the game. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, no, no, I like to pass the ball. So the, these are all questions, and they weren't going to be answered truthfully or very forthcoming uh, by the people that make the decisions. But these are all the questions that they need to answer through their actions. And again, my question is, in in dropping the rebuild from competitive, does re-signing Kirk Cousins – does that now put you in a position where you're competitive for a Super Bowl or where you're just competitive to win a division that, by the way, ain't exactly great? Well, I yeah, would disagree with impro- that now. It's improving, but it ain't exactly great. How many it's other a- divisions are better than the – I mean, there's a couple for sure. I mean, the AFC North is a is North a beast. Is, is a beast. Is but a beast. The, the worst team in the division is the Chicago Bears, who – might get better next year too. Every team won at least seven games in this division, and, and the Lions are well, one of the contenders in the NFC. My contention is across the board, the league ain't great. So my point is, you can you can build, but a it's team a curve. You, there's there only there's a curve of right. thirty two teams, but and if, none of the garbage that, teams are in this division. But how do you? But how do you get yourself into that rare air? That's the question. The question is not how do you win a division. The question is how do you win your division and springboard that to a Super Bowl. And what's what's I guess interesting about that is I th- I think and you disagree but winning this division actually holds more merit going forward the next two or three years because of how good this division is so 
the bar, actually winning the division could be a springboard to bigger things because it might take 11 or 12 wins to get there as opposed to like yeah, nine no, or 10 in, in the last few years. And I think that's a very fair ask. Yeah. Uh, on the Cousins front, so here, so Quasey was asked, would you like to bring Cousins back? Yes, I have said it, he said. I think I've been pretty consistent with that. Kirk, the player, is someone that we saw uh, what he does with this team. I thought we were playing really good football before he got injured, and it's the most important position in sports. Ultimately, it comes down to can you find an agreement that works for both sides and all those things? As a player, it's certainly my intention to have him back here. And somebody followed up and said, hey, so Kirk talked about structure being really important to him. Does age and injury affect your willingness to give guaranteed money in the future? And Quasey said, there's a lot of factors that go into these things. It is age, it's injury, but also performance. How do you believe the performance will go over the next few years? And there's different examples through time to compare it to. But at the end of the day, we're just taking risks and we try to measure it as best we can and protect ourselves and ensure against the risk. On his side, he's trying to take less risk. He wants guaranteed money, right? He's gold. Uh, that's his job, and they should do that, and we will try to find a place in the middle. So I saw some immediate tweets from Cousin Stands. Of, well, he said he wants him back. You see, there it is. He said he wants him back, which, by the way, O'Connell has said as well. So the most important thing in a presser like this, in my opinion, is to go through the quotes and find the most important part of the quote. It's a Farvinian thing. You always had to go through his quotes, and then it, there there would be a section somewhere in the middle of a of a run on Brett Favre quote where you would say, "Okay, this this is the stew. This is the key to it." Uh, am I going to come back and play? Maybe and, I don't know. Shanko's got a torn labrum. I'm not sure. Percy's got some weed in his car. You might want to go check that out. <laughs> and before anybody says, "Oh, Kirk's coming back," you see it right there. He's coming back. It's going to be before March. He's, he's it's donezo. Okay. Let's let's go with two. Let's um, play two quotes from the last uh, three days or four days off each other, and and so the fact that Quasi and, and O'Connell previously have said that they want Kirk back is what they're going to to say. And I'm sure if Kirk would come back for five bucks, he'd be back here. Okay, but on Monday, Kirk said, "Start the offer there." <laughs> Kirk said he was told by a coach years ago, years ago, it's not about the dollars, but it is about what the dollars represent. Okay. And then the key to the quote, I think, from what you just read, Phil, was ultimately it always comes down to can you find an agreement that works for both sides and all of those things. I think those two quotes play off each other nicely as the reality of the situation. Because I think deep in their hearts, both of them, Kirk would like to stay. He's got yeah. a place here. Family's comfortable. And Quasi would, it would be easier for Quasi if he could bring him back at Quasi's price. But those two quotes to me are the absolute key thing because what they say to me is if I get what I want in both cases, it's going to work out. To me, this is so crystal clear right now. There's been times where it, it hasn't been as clear to what Kirk wants or the Vikings want. You know, does Kirk want fully guaranteed? Does he want three years, four years? And maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel like Kirk wants, when Kirk talks about structure, that means more than one year, because if it's one year, there is no structure. Like if he's if well, structure is important, he wants more than one year guaranteed to be in Minnesota. Right. So let's set the, the base bottom level contract that Kirk Cousins would accept unless he moves off of where he's standing right now is two years guaranteed at 
big enough money to satisfy his ego and everything he said about the, it's not what the money forty the money it's about the money forty forty whatever it is yep he doesn't need like fifty five million dollars a year I, I don't think he would demand to be the highest paid quarterback like totally understand that mm-hmm. but let's say his minimum is like two years eighty million dollars and it's close to all guaranteed enough to where it'd be really hard to move off of him until after 2025. Yes. A would the Vikings do two more ironclad years with Kirk cousins at big, pretty big cap numbers still, because you're still talking about prorating the $28 million in accounting money from his last contract on top of the new money, right? Would they be willing to go, okay, you know what? You're 36. You're coming off an Achilles, but all dang it, we love you, Kirko Chains. We will come to your side and we will do a two-year contract guaranteed. Would they do that? And then B, if they did that, doesn't that almost certainly eliminate them from drafting a quarterback high in the first round this year? I don't think you take Jaden Daniels in the top 10, basically, yep. and then sit him for two years behind a guy who's guaranteed to be making. And, and he's probably going to ask for a no-trade clause too, right? But would you take a top-10 quarterback and basically do with the Packers? The Packers are the only no, team the that Vikings does that. Won't. No, because, <laughs> the, because they'll want to be competitive. They'll take a defensive event or a rush end. But again, so when Quasi says, ultimately it comes down to can you find an agreement that works for both, both sides. But here's my question. This was on the table to be done last March, and the Vikings balked. The Vikings yeah. said, we're not going to guarantee a second year. And Cousins said, okay, that's fine. Then, I'm, then I am not going to sign. Kirk Cousins is going to be 36 in August. Since that conversation in which he turned down their contract offer, he has torn his Achilles. So what is this? Why do people believe that it's some type of slam dunk? Like there's be there's more reason for the Vikings to now distance themselves. And Kirk has never shown, including in his quotes on Monday, that he is going to say, you know what, then that's fine. Guarantee me a year. Don't worry about a no trade. Like there is nothing to it if you take the reality. So so let's forget let's forget the smiles and the platitudes that go back and forth and the fact that all these people seem like like the type of people who just are really likable. Okay, if you take what they're saying, and they're all shrewd business people, mm-hmm. why would why do we think this is some type of slam dunk? It gets done. It didn't get done when it could have. And and again, like I said with Doogie, there's a lot. At, there's a lot at stake here, including the fact that before you say, well, but Justin Jefferson will be mad. You know what's really going to piss JJ off? If I say, yeah, hey, buddy, we can't pay you as much because we're keeping other people. Yeah, it's it's a super interesting dance. It is a super interesting dance. And I think we'll 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 get to another topic here because obviously there's a million different Kirk Cousins conversations on the horizon here. But But you're right. The difference in sort of, we know where both sides are at. The Vikings would love to go, it's very obvious the Vikings would love to go year to year on Kirk so that if he's kind of broken from the Achilles, they can just get off from the contract after 2024. Right. I think they'd love to have him back for 2024 yep. with with an an easy exit strategy afterwards. And I think Kirk Cousins is probably holding it over the Vikings head saying, I need minimum two years guaranteed, or I'm gonna go explore my options after the league year opens up. And we'll see where that staring match takes us. Um, Quasi on Daniil Hunter. So he was asked, hey, how do you weigh the year Daniil Hunter had and him turning 30? He turns 30 in like November. So he'll actually start the season as a 29-year-old. And then, so I, I don't know if that technically means it's his age 29 season, but he will be 30 toward the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And Quasi said, quote, 
I think there's a lot of factors that go into how you're trying to project how a player is going to be over the life of a contract, their age, but also how they take care of themselves. And I would argue Daniil is probably on that Kirk Cousins side of things where they're really impactful with sleep, what they put in their bodies, what they do in the offseason. We had a great exit meeting. Just a great dude, great player, and we look forward to those contract conversations. And then Kevin O'Connell jumped in. Hey, it's Kevin. I got to take on Daniil too. Push crazy right out of the way. Bang. He says, uh, so Kevin jumps in and says, the only thing I would add to that is it's not lost on Daniil being voted a captain for this team and what that kind of looked like with his teammates, uh, how his teammates look at him. I saw some tremendous growth from Daniil on that side of things to go along with production on the field. So O'Connell is, that's his way of jumping in, basically saying, hey, can we keep this guy? Please come back. Daniil, please come back. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, he is getting, he's certainly not getting toward, like, the out-of-the-league age cliff, but there's two age cliffs for edge rushers. There's there's going from being a monster, unstoppable force. That's That's the first cliff. And he's kind of at that cliff. Most elite edge rushers, sort of peak between 26, 28, maybe 29. And by the time they're 30, they're no longer going to be what you see with like Max Crosby right now or Aiden Hutchinson or some of these guys. Uh, so th- I, that's what the Vikings have to figure out is, can he still play at a pretty high level for the next three years? Can you get maybe one more year of like top 10 edge rusher? And then what's all that going to cost? I'd want to keep him. And I I do think because of, what they discussed, which is no BS. I mean, the guy's chiseled. He looks like he looks like he's in, you know, unbelievable shape. All, all that being said, if he doesn't explore the market, he's crazy. Like this guy took a bad second contract that had to be redone. This is why, this is why when teams are like, Oh, we got a bargain. It's never a bargain. If the guy's good, he's going to get mad at every single year about his contract. Uh, but at this point in time, contract three, like the cousins thing, there are some there are some compelling reasons to try to get it done, right? Like personally, I think he should explore the market himself. But in Daniil's case, you've got to explore the market, right? Like you have to. I can't see any way on God's green earth. Now you'll talk to him at, at the combine, and technically his representatives mm-hmm. can't talk to any other teams at the combine, which they'd never violate that. Yeah. But I mean, come on, sixteen and a half sacks. You didn't get a great second contract. I think yeah. Daniil, I'm not saying he can't come back. I think it's a, I am beginning to decide it's a long shot though, because I got to see what teams are going to pay. And I'm not going to sign a contract before the league year starts just because I like it here. I think the, the, there is a, another factor at play here. And I don't, I don't know that Quasi would acknowledge this publicly or not, but they had a big decision to make at the trade deadline. Kirk Cousins gets hurt. They had like 48 hours before the trade deadline. They're four yeah. and four, but they just lost their quarterback to an Achilles. And Quasey kind of surveyed the leaders in the locker room and said, hey, what you know? What do you think? And of course, the leaders in the locker room said, no, trade them. don't trade anyone. Go forward. Yeah, the leaders in the locker room are like, no, trade we need them. a top 10 draft Let's pick. Build. Let's build. Let's rebuild. And so they gambled. I'm, I guarantee you, based on some of the, the, like, dude, Montez Sweat was like a second round pick, right? I know. Didn't the command, commander's got a second round pick, the early second round pick. Two defensive ends, is that right? Yes. At the deadline? Yep. Yeah. Chase Young. Yep. Chase Young, yeah. And Daniil Hunter is better than Montez Sweat. So you you probably would have gotten, at minimum, a second round pick, maybe a first round pick, extra capital, go find a young edge rusher in the draft, quarterback, whatever it may be, yep. right? 
And, uh, and so they took a gamble and said, we'd rather say no to some pretty high draft capital because we think with Daniil's help, we can make a run to the tournament with backup quarterbacks, by the way. And they didn't. They only won three more games the rest of the year. So now it's like they're sort of faced with this weird dilemma of if you if you let him walk and he goes to the Jaguars or somebody else, I mean, the Falcons need an edge rusher, like you got nothing for him. And that would mean you got relatively nothing or nothing for Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, Zadarius Smith, basically, Harrison Smith, probably, all these dudes, Dalvin Cook, like these guys that have, that helped you be in the mix for competing for divisions but not Super Bowls, yeah. you continued to let them walk over the age cliff and into free agency or cut them because they had no value. So, like, that that would be a huge reason why I would re-sign Daniel Hunter because at least and I'm not losing an asset for nothing. At least, okay, if, I might as well bring him back because I can't get a second or first-round pick for him anymore. Right, but if, if you're him and you explore the market and somebody comes at, comes at you with a multi-year enormous deal, do you automatically match it? And are you bringing back Kirk then? I mean, Jefferson's so going to kick dude. in. Yeah, that that's the thing is, um, and but I'm with you. I hate the surveying the players. Dude, Quasi, you, you weren't hired to survey the players. You were hired to make tough decisions. And to your point, you know, you're four and four, but everyone's like, okay, season's done. And you could have gotten a haul. You could have gotten a really nice draft pick. Um and I don't know, he, I don't think Quazy's wired like that. Like what you just said, I don't think he would think that that way. I think he would think we took our shot with him, but I have that to be responsible. That was a decision that was made. Now exactly. there's new, yeah. They're all like, is, is this the correct term? It feels like he makes decisions in like categories. Right, but couldn't you then, I, I agree he does, but. I don't disagree with you, by the way. But couldn't you then, maybe you're overpaying for him, but then you could trade him in a year if you needed to. And he's like, he's not going to be out of the league in a year. I, he's still going to be competitive. I'm with you on this, so... So tough. We'll get to a random Viking here in a second, but uh, well, let's do one more. Th- so, uh, Quasi, two more things quick. Quasi on Je- Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. there's not a big update there. Basically, he said that he actually talked to JJ's agent yesterday morning, and they laid a lot of the groundwork for a contract last year, so they're going to pick up and see if they can close the deal at some point here. My biggest question there would be, if he wants to be... We can do a... We'll do a whole episode on this next week, but... If he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback in the league, A, yep. can you still win a Super Bowl with a wide receiver being the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL roster-wise? And B, if you decided to trade him, what would that look like? What would the fallout be? How pissed would Vikings fans be? The locker room? What could you get in terms of assets? I don't think they're thinking about trading him, but there's also a reason why this contract isn't done yet if they, if if they this, did most of the work last year. And if this is going to get done, get it done you know, pronto, like, let's not wait on this. Like, like if you said, you know what, we have to pay him. We have no choice. And we're haggling now. Quit that. Get the deal done. Now, like, make this. a decision. This is a, this is a championship, championship, championship franchise. Now, it wants this. to be, you know, just, but, but, but like this to me is the easiest one because it's a decision. Like, do you think you're going to talk him off that? Like, are we going, have we for months been going back and forth on, language or have we been going back and forth on well do you really have to be the highest pay you know yeah well i mean nick bosa go look at nick bosa's contract that's the that's the current bar you know um okay quasi was also asked about scene and booth and uh how those guys are massive busts from his first draft class no they're developing phil 
And he kind of he kind of word saladed word saladed his way through an answer. <laughs> That's a great. Uh, but then he said, he said, uh, we are continuing to believe in our people, pour into them with our player development resources, all the things we have in this building. But as I said earlier, it is a results business at the end of the day, and we'll see where we end up with those two guys. But these guys have shown us nothing but reason to believe they are going to keep on their upward path wherever that ends up. Would you say upward path is the right characterization for Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth Jr.? I would say that was crazy, doing a great job of working around the ring, dodging, bobbing, and weaving. <laughs> um, I don't believe a word he said. I think they're both massive busts. And and he tried to say, well, you know, new defense, right? Like Seen's coming off the injury, and it was a new defense again that they had to learn. And here's here's my thing about why I call BS on all of that, all right? First of all, Lewis Seen was the last safety on a depth chart of basically they were having open casting calls. They wanted every, I mean, if they didn't play more than two safeties, I would say, okay, you know, it's disappointing, but I sort of get it. But Theo Jackson was, I mean, they were playing everybody and their brother at safety. And mm-hmm. Lewis Seen couldn't get on the field. He couldn't get a sniff. I think he had eight defensive snaps and the majority of them came in the last game, if not all of them. All right. So first of all, that's out. Second of all, in Booth, you know, Booth popped up for a little bit of time and got some playing time. Yeah. And then Brian Flores, who I'm going to say I trust him. I'm going to say I think he's pretty good at his job. Basically, he's like, nah, you're not that good. We're not going to play you. I don't think that's him. I don't think it takes you an entire football season to learn a defense. And meanwhile, everybody else, including Makai Blackman, who was just drafted, who I, who I like a lot, um, is playing. So I'm calling BS on that entire quote. I mean, when Booth played, which, by the way, in two years, Booth has played only 256 defensive snaps. Um, we mentioned this on Write That Down yesterday, actually. He was he was only targeted eight times in 99 coverage snaps, which is which is good. It means that quarterbacks, right, he's he's either covering his his receiver or they're not looking to him or whatever. So 99 coverage snaps, only four completions. When quarterbacks targeted him this year, they had a 59.4 rating. Again, super small sample size. He did grade out in those 150 snaps this year pretty well, according to PFF. But, you know, why wasn't he on the field more is the question. Like, yeah. they obviously believe. Lewis Seen is is even – I actually think there's still a chance for Andrew Booth. I think – I'm curious to see what he looks like in his third year, if he gets a third year. Lewis Seen has only played 10 defensive snaps in his two-year career to this point. And one of them yeah. – well, was a special teams play he broke his leg on, right? Yes. So yes. So so it's ten snaps on defense, not not counting special teams in his two year career. Yeah, and this year he played on on a team again that would have played you at safety if they could have signed you. <laughs> I played safety in flag football one year back. In well, college. then Brian uh, Flores m- might have found a role for picked you. off three passes that season. By the way, really? Yeah, two in one game. That's great. Great PFF grade, I bet. Probably. Opportunistic. Yeah. Um, so there's there's kind of the, the Quasi KOC spin from mostly Quasi from the end of the season press conference there. Hey, uh, how can people lose weight as they're looking to jumpstart their 2024, Judd? Well, what they can do is uh, call or go online, and they can find that the folks at Livia Weight Control Centers are going to help them. Guy on the left, that's Sports Dad. Guy on the right is Sports Dad. What's the difference? Down 40 pounds. Now, that's a couple of years ago, but here's the best part. They're not only going to help you take off the weight, but they're going to help you keep the weight off. And speaking of deals, have they got a deal now? 
Mm. Three months for free. Your first three months are free, gentlemen. Mm. And, and Livia is now offering breakthrough weight loss medication options as well. The great thing, too, if you're inside the state, you can go to their various centers. But if you're outside the state, you can join. In fact, a lot of people from the PD family have because the entire program can be done virtually. It's that easy. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A. Com. That is the answer for how you can lose that weight and begin the journey to look like Daniil Hunter if you want. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe you can you can feel good taking your shirt off when you're up at Ballard's Resort this oh, yeah. summer. Your chiseled body after you've oh, lost yeah. some weight. Oh, so Ballard's right. Resort, yeah. this is so this is a fantastic part of the state and part of the country right on the south edge of Lake of the Woods right where the rainy river flows into this massive lake and Ballard's resort has your fishing getaways for this summer. It's the walleye capital of the world up there, Lake of the woods. And, uh, and you get access to fishing charters with us coast guard licensed guides. But these, these Ballard's resorts rooms and opportunities and, and, and uh, fishing guides book fast. They go away fast. So go to ballardsresort.com. That's ballardsresort.com. And maybe you can catch your, your 10-pound walleye. Uh, speaking of fishing, by the way, ice fishing, the Brainerd JC's ice fishing extravaganza. That's right. It's getting cold, too. Mm. It's getting yeah, cold. Some Freezing. ice fishing weather this weekend. The 34th yep. annual Brainerd JC's ice fishing extravaganza takes place on Saturday, February 3rd on Gull Lake's Hole in the Day Bay. Over $250,000 in prizes. You can purchase tickets for just $50 at any of the 49 Fleet Farm locations across Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and North Dakota. And also, you can just go online at icefishing.org to purchase tickets and find out more information about this extravaganza. Icefishing.org, the 34th annual Brainerd JC's Ice Fishing Extravaganza. Okay, it's time for a random Viking of the week led by the sports dad, Judd Zolgad, who was defeated by Declan last week, who correctly guessed Case Keenum as the random yep. Viking of the week. Yeah, good job. So the last handful of random Vikings are Case Keenum, Andrew Glover, Colin Leffler, Brett Favre, Willie Offord, and Michael Jenkins. In the new era where all three of us compete against each other equally, Judd has 11 wins, I have 11 wins, Declan has 6 wins. All time, Judd, 63 wins, Declan, 32 wins, I have 18 wins. Judd's going to throw out a series of clues. Declan and I will shout out answers whenever we think of them. We get up to three incorrect guesses each. If either one of us hits that third strike, eliminated, and the other person wins by default, which does happen once in a while. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. And you can ask me questions, and I can refuse to answer them. Yep. That's my favorite part of the solo game when I do yep. this part. Okay, are you guys hey, ready? Do you think? No. No. Don't even ask. Okay. All right, no Googling, no cheating. Here we go. Yep, yep, yep. Although you can look at the previous list so yeah, you if, can, if yeah, people we have, <laughs> see these guys typing a little bit they're they're checking out the previous list full yes because we've done 120 of these and so yep. you can you can control f the list to see if yep. okay is this, has this person been guessed before okay this former viking was born in fort campbell kentucky while he was born in kentucky he attended high school in maryland This former Viking, this former Viking played nine NFL seasons. Okay. I already did him. 
he played college football in the ACC. This former Viking was voted the ACC Player of the Year. Hmm. ACC Player ACC of the Year. In, in addition to that, he was also twice named a first-team ACC selection. So he was named to the first-team first ACC selection twice. Uh, this guy played more than nine. I had one there, but this but he played more than nine. I so have nine. one in mind as well, but I don't think it's this guy yet. Oh, this for- no, he was SEC. This former Viking started 105 of the 125 career games in the NFL in which he played. Interesting. So he, okay, so what's a... Uh, uh, carry the floor. Any guesses? Not yet. Okay. Oh, I... He w- keep going. Keep going. I think I, I okay. have a, I, I think I know. Okay. I honestly, I think I know. Oh, man. Okay. Oh my gosh! I mean, I'd like to hear I a guess. Declan, Declan's oh, way way ahead of me here. I, well, be be careful here because Phil might catch on soon. He was a second round draft pick. E.J. Henderson, you got it. Oh, nice job, Declan. Maryland. Damn it! The only thing that was throwing me off was I mean, I feel like it's rare for a linebacker to win Player of the Year in a college conference, but Maryland, the starts. I knew he was okay. a really good college player. You know, I'm an idiot because when I first said after after your uh, your Kentucky Maryland clue, I control F'd Aaron Henderson to see if we had done and Aaron did, Henderson, and we did, and him. we did Aaron Henderson. Yep. And I was it, it, <clears throat> for some reason my brain didn't think to leap to EJ, EJ Henderson. Yep. and I was shocked. I was shocked this morning <laughs> I, after uh, Phil God. sent me updated list that we hadn't done EJ yet. Yeah, I, I had also some great clues about his broken leg flapping around now. <laughs> wow. Oh, um, that's, that's the worst thing I've seen. I shouldn't joke. I uh, so gruesome. I did the same yeah. thing Phil did. I I just did control F, but I did Henderson, and I saw we did Aaron. So I was like, okay, so EJ is still on the board. <laughs> I immediately went to EJ because I had forgot so even about Aaron. We did the same, did the thing, same my thing. Brain, you didn't connect. My idiot the other brain one. just shut down. Yeah. I was surprised. I was surprised that he he was still yeah me too. That's why I was like, how many did we had to have. That's, I the we fact that we did Aaron and not EJ is hilarious. Good God! Hey, a quick mock to wrap this episode. I want a mock. This is from Jordan Reed, ESPN.com. I think so. Mel Kiper is the number one guy. I think Jordan Reed. Well, they have Matt Miller too, right? So it's because now that McShay is gone. Todd, 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 Todd. Is he still putting mocks out somewhere? I don't know what he's doing now. Oh, so here's what Jordan Reed has. He's got Caleb Williams, number one to the Bears. Uh-huh. Drake May, number two to the Commanders. And he's got Jaden Daniels, number three to the Patriots. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Then he's got Marvin Harrison Jr., four to the Cardinals. Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU, five Chargers. Rome Adunze from Washington, the receiver. So a little receiver run here to the Giants. Yep. The Titans take Joe Alt, the ferocious left tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, working out uh, in Minnesota. Working out in Minnesota oh, this nice. offseason, I have heard. Yeah, Interesting. Doogie's probably... I'm going to see if Doogie can your go sources, find him. In, your sources yeah. have 
I bet he's working out close to the Vikings facility, but well, just a guess. He might be. Uh, Atlanta Falcons are taking edge rusher Laatu Latu from UCLA. Like Bears taking Dallas Turner from Alabama, the edge rusher. And then the Jets are taking uh, the offensive tackle Fashanu from Penn State, which puts the Vikings on the clock with the 11th overall pick. Where they take from the University of Illinois defensive tackle Jerzan Newton. I want to mock. Mock! Well, should not be the sexy pick, but this is a huge need for the Vikings. Yeah. And here's the write-up. The Vikings are a prime candidate to take a quarterback, and I almost made that move here, but there's a good chance Kirk Cousins will return to Minnesota, giving the Vikings the chance to instead take one of the best defensive players in the draft. Outside of Daniil Hunter, who is a free agent this season, Minnesota had a severe lack of talent along its offensive uh, defensive front. One of my favorite overall prospects in this class is Jerzon Newton. Newton is a disruptive three technique. Football. Kevin Williams right there is what we're talking about. Who finished the season with 42 pressures, seven and a half sacks, and an 11% defensive pressure rate. Those are all very good numbers. He simply doesn't come off the field. 715 snaps was seventh among all FBS defensive linemen in 2023. He can play for multiple alignments along the defensive line. I mean, this would be a good, if if the quarterback thing didn't work out and you're just looking to build your car, you could yep. do a hell of a lot worse than Jerzon Newton with oh, the 11 a good, pick. A good three tech or or nose. Yeah. Oh, head mm. up on the center maybe lie. for the nose. Oh, no. God. Oh, I mean, you could play the wide nine if you want. Oh, wide nine. The wide dude. nine. Just you play the wide nine. I mean, if, if oh. you're positionally, if you're. Oh. Let's go. Let's see where he has the other quarterbacks going here. He's got. Uh, so uh, I, I would think that if the first three picks are quarterbacks. It makes it way more likely the Vikings take one of these edges or Jerzon Newton, and then maybe they look like later in the first round, Get trade back, back in. Go Teddy on it. J.J. McCarthy kind of a situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could see that happening for sure. So there you go, boys. Um, by the way, that mock was presented by our friends over at Zero Res. If you are looking to deep clean your home, maybe for the first time, be honest, have you ever actually deep cleaned your carpets? Mm-hmm. You disgusting, filthy Purple Daily listener. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Zero Res is here with a 4.9 out of 5-star rating on Google with 17,000 reviews. You call Zero Res today or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com and ask for the Score North special. You get three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $119. That's three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $119. 952-Zero-Res or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Say you want that Score North special. Spell it forwards or backwards. It spells the same. Zero Res. All right. Let the uh, Purple Daily off-season episodes continue. Feedback Friday tomorrow. We've got some juicy stuff for you guys throughout the next couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, we're pumped to be your home for off-season Vikings discussion and speculation here. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die on Purple Daily.